All right, so last week we talked obviously about the different verses. I know we talked a lot about a lot of things. And so this week what we're going to do, one thing is trying to figure out the, is there any sound coming out or no? Oh, because uh, we're not recording it, you know, live, you know, that's why I said it in person. See, that way Miss Jackie, you know, had to be here. That's what she said last week, you know, that she got used to staying at home. But, huh? It could be. All right. Well, as, like I said, last week we, you know, discussed the fact of having, you know, a good-sized, you know, Bible. This, like I said, this is called a, you know, classic soul winner's New Testament. It's a small one. The reason why is because it's very, very easy to, you know, put in your back pocket. Sometimes people get a little leery. And the reason why you just, you know, usually want something a little smaller because sometimes people get leery when they see somebody come up with a big old book. And so... Uh, you have one of these, uh, like I said, uh, this is from Anchor Bible Publishers. It's like uh, $20. They have uh, other ones as well, like paper ones if you want to. There's actually even some that you can get that are actually waterproof. And so if you're like, I guess you want to go out there door-to-door you know, during a, you know, a, a storm, you're good to go. It's not going to uh, smear or anything. But anyways, so those, let me run down those verses really quick that we talked about last week, and so that way you uh, have an idea about those, and then we'll go on. Actually, tonight is going to be, you know, starting the conversation and ending the conversation, because a lot of times those are a little bit more difficult. Everything in between sometimes is easier, but starting and ending is, is something that doesn't seem to want to work. Um, so we have Romans 3.23. You always start off on Romans 3.23. It's for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And then Romans 6.23, and you're going to read the first half of that, or the first portion of it, which says, for the wages of sin is death. Because you're going to come back to that later on as you go through that. Revelation 20, uh, verse uh, 14 and 15, uh, these, this verse explains what the second death is, that there's a second death. There's not just one physical death and then you're done, but it's a, there's a, uh, a second death. And tonight I'm just going to let you know this. Um, I, you know, last year in August, some of you know this, I injured my toe, and so they have given me an anti-inflammatory, and they told me that I could get really jittery or just uh, whatever, so if I talk faster than usual, let me know, because I mean, I know, and today's the first day that I've taken it, and they've said, and they said, just so you know, the first day is going to be the worst, and I was like, wonderful, I have church tonight. I'll get through all my notes in about five minutes. You guys will be all set to go. <laughs> so, and uh, so, like I said, Revelation twenty verse fourteen is and fifteen. You know, talks about the second death and what the second death is. Revelation twenty one eight. It gives you that list of different you know sins, and it says basically that all those that basically the ones that uh, participate in those, they're all going to be cast into the lake of fire. The verse, the portion you, you focus in on is not the, you know, uh, sorcerers or adulterers or any of those ones. It's going to be the all liars because somebody will say, well, I've never committed sorcery or, you know, idolatry or anything else. But pretty much everybody, I, I can guarantee, has probably told a little white lie, a little fib, whatever they want to call it. It's all a lie. And so and what you're trying to, you know, you're doing at this point is remember, you talk about the bad news. Because eventually you're going to get to the good news. They've got to know the reason why they need to get saved. 
Because most people think that they're a good person and that they don't need uh, Jesus. That, you know, he's just a crutch or however they want to say that he is. And then after we go there, after they're, you know, after we let them know that they're going to be, you know, they, they can be cast in like a fire if they don't believe upon Jesus. We go to uh, Romans chapter 5, verse 8, which says that God commandeth his love or commandeth his love toward us. Even while we we're yet sinners, Christ died for us. So that helps them know, hey, you know what? Even while you're, you know, even while you're over here sinning and you don't like, even like Jesus, he still died for you. And that's a good thing for them to know. And then you go to Acts chapter 16, verses 30 and 31, because this is one of the simplest, most clearest ways of understanding of how to get saved. Because you have the, you know, the, the soldier at this point saying, what must I do to be saved? And they respond back, believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved, you and your household. Right? And so that's a very, very plain, very, very simple, easy way to understand what the gospel says, right? Then we uh, go to John 3.16. And I'm hoping you know, that you know, most in here, you, know, they, you, you at least know, you have an idea of what John 3.16 says. You know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Yeah. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have what? Everlasting life. And then you can also, if you want to, drop down a couple of verses into John 3.18. And which the, the thing is, is that I honestly try and read, uh, I have not, yet, I have yet to memorize that. And this is the one that helps further you know, this idea, which is, he that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already. Because he that not believeth, you know, hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son. So basically it's telling you, if you believe on him, you're saved. If not, you don't, you don't believe on him, you're not saved. And uh, so that uh, you can go down there. And then we go back to uh, Romans chapter 6, verse 23. You know, for, uh, first part of it was what? For the wages of sin is death. And it says, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And then if they say that they believe all that and you, you're able to pray with them and, and do all that stuff, you go to John chapter 1, verse 12, and that's the last uh, verse. And that says, uh, But as many as received him, uh, to them gave he uh, power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. So when a person believes upon the Lord, uh, Lord Jesus Christ, what does the Bible say? They become a son of God. Remember, you know, like I said, I, they become a son of God. They don't become the son of God. But they become children of God. That's what the Bible says. And so that's what you're, you're letting them know, that when they believe upon Jesus, they're saved, right? And so that they go through that. And that's one of the good things, you know, like I say, is to memorize them. Um, because sometimes you'll run into uh, cases where they won't allow you to bring out your Bible. And... Uh, and so that's why you need to, you know, uh, have them memorized. It's also a good thing to memorize verses in the Bible anyways. Um, and I can give you a couple of uh, maybe next week or the following week. And this is what I forgot to, you know, say Doug and I were talking about this. Uh, next week, uh, we're going we're to have a, a prayer service because uh, we'll be at District Council. And I didn't want to leave Brother Doug with my notes on this because then he would have to decipher them. So, um, uh, so we'll have our prayer service, and then we'll uh, resume this um, 
when I get back. But, um, and so those are the verses that you're going to go to uh, as far as that. That's a quick recap. But like I said, tonight we're going to talk about going door to door, starting that conversation, ending that conversation. Um, like, uh, like Pastor uh, Ed taught us last Sunday, he said there are, and, uh, there are times and situations where you can be inside of a, a grocery store and you can talk to somebody and all that. But that doesn't give us, you know, I think you know, some, uh, sometimes it's conveyed that we just got to wait for that special moment when somebody comes up and wants to be saved. Or that we are like, I'm working on them, I'm working on them. And some people you've been working on for 10 years. And they have yet to ask you. And so this way is, you know, you, you, you can go door to door or you can just flat out ask, you know, a friend that you have. And there's some questions in here that you're going to be able to ask. You know, obviously you're going to modify it for your situation. You know, if you're talking to your friend about Jesus, you're not going to go, you're not going to change the conversation and go, well, hi, my name is Mary. I'm from First Assembly of God. And you're like, I already know who you are. I already have, I was like, I've known you for 15 years, you know, or whatever. So you're not, obviously you're going to modify it as you go through. But if you're going door to door and you're knocking on doors uh, and you're wanting to talk to someone, like I said, always have uh, a silent partner with you. The reason why, one of the reasons why is, uh, first thing, you know, and I missed this in the, in the beginning part, is what, what do you do before you go out? You pray. You have that silent partner so they can keep praying for you and with you. And maybe if you get stuck at a point, they're there to help you. But mostly they're there also as accountability because, you know, in today's day and age, you know, a person can say whatever they want about you. And if there's nobody, you know, there to vouch for you is your word against theirs. So, and I would always say that if you're going, you know, to go door to door, don't, uh, I wouldn't go inside unless you have a you know, pretty good feeling about it. Just because if it's, you know, behind closed doors, then it's behind closed doors kind of a thing. But anyways, so when you come up to the door, like I said before, you know, I, I talked about this for a moment last week. When you come up, you don't pound on the door. You're not the police doing a raid. You're just coming up there, a nice knock, you know, that they can hear. And when they come to the door, you just introduce yourself. You just, you know, say, hi, I'm Sean. I'm from First Assembly of God. And then you kind of ask them a few questions. Now, when I say ask them a few questions, this is not a, an interrogation. You're not trying to interrogate them, you know, into, you know, what do you think you're doing and, you know, everything else. You're not trying to do that. But what you're going to do is just you're telling them where you're at. And the thing is, it's always good to, you know, say where you're from. Like, you're, I'm from Crowlersville First or First Assembly of God. That way they know you're not a Mormon and you're not a Jehovah's Witness. Because Jehovah's Witnesses, a lot of times, they'll say Watchtower Society or something else. It lets them know that you're actually a Christian and not, you know, something like that from a cult. Um, the reason why I say this also is, was that last week we received a thing in the mail. It was a really nice letter. It was from somebody here in town, and we plan on writing back. But they wrote on there, you know, that they were a Jehovah's Witness, and they just really wanted to, you know, have this conversation. I was like, I think you, uh, I think you wrote to the wrong house. Because I'm actually going to write back to you, and you know, not because I'm a pastor, but because hey, you're, you know, you want to correspond to me about your religion. I'll come, you know, come back and talk to you about mine. And so I plan on writing back them a letter, uh, you know, here in a little bit. So there are Jehovah's Witnesses in this area, and there are more uh, Mormons. A lot of times you'll see them; they'll have a name tag. It'll say Elder So and So. The funny thing is, is that they're elders, but they're like 18 years old, and you know. 
and, and white shirts and usually, and usually like a, you know, like maybe like black pants or like a black vest. So that's why I tell my wife, if I'm going to wear a white shirt and a black vest, I better have a tie with it because I don't want to look like a, you know, like I'm a Mormon. So anyways, but we go through that. Like I say, we, but we want to let them know as we are asking questions, we want to like cut to the chase. We're not, we're not sitting there trying to, uh, we're, we're trying to talk to them about Jesus. We're not, you know, trying to, you know, find out what's going on or what they're, you know, what's going on in their life or anything else. We want to ask them some questions. We do want to ask them. Uh, maybe where they go, you know, are you a Christian is a good, uh, good question. Most people will say yes, even if they're not, even if they haven't been, you know, to a church in 20 years, they'll still say that they're a Christian. Um, and so that one, you know, could al- that one could always help. You could always ask them where they go to church. Because, you know, the reason why is because for one thing, some people will say they go to whatever church. And then if you know who the pastor is, you can ask them, well, you know, you know, who's the pastor over there? And find out how long ago that, you know, they last attended. Uh, at our previous church, uh, our, the pastor there would, uh, pretty much every morning, he would go into Thornton's gas station and would talk to him and start building this relationship with him. Well, this one person finally said that they were a Christian and everything else. And he said, oh, okay, so where do you go to church? He says, well, I go to Glad Tidings Assembly of God. Well, that's the church that he's the pastor of. And he said, uh, he said, oh, okay. He said, you know, so how's, uh, so who's the pastor over there again? He named somebody about, you know, about three or four pastors ago. And he goes, he goes, oh, he says, do you go somewhere? He goes, yeah, I go to that same church. And he goes, oh, okay. He says, do you know that pastor? He goes, no, but I, I know who the pastor is now. And they said, well, who is that? He goes, that would be me. <laughs> and so they, you kind of figure out where people are at and, you know, if they're, I mean, not saying that they're lying, but they're just, they haven't been there in a long time. And so you can begin to ask them. But one of the questions you want to get to to start this conversation off is, if you were to die today, would you go to heaven? Are you absolutely 100% positive that you will go to heaven when you die? I've met some people that have said that they've gone to church 30, 40 years, and you ask them that question, and they say, I don't know. But they'll say that they're a believer. Well, the Bible gives us assurance that if we are a believer in Christ, that we are going to heaven when we die. All right? And so, this, you know, asking the question of, you know, are you a Christian? Where do you go to church? It can kind of uh, create that common ground that uh, we can have. All right? But if at any point in the process of you talking to them, the person seems to be somewhat glazed over, like they're pretty much done listening to you, or, you know, whatever... What you could say is uh, you can come over to them and, and just say, hey, I, I have about another five, you know, obviously depending on where you're at and, you know, and, and talking to them about Jesus, just say, hey, I, I have six minutes left. Is it okay if I finish or would it be better if I came back later? Because it kind of gives them an out. And the other thing is they're already glazed over. They're not listening to you. And so it's better for you to be able to go on to another house and be able to talk to them that could possibly be really responsive and get saved than it is for you to sit there and just have a person that's already checked out. You know, kind of like on Sunday morning, sometimes I get the idea, you know, when some people are asleep and I'm like, I, I think they pretty much have checked out. So I might just, you know, hit a pulpit every so often or whatever. Oh, I did that one time here about two, three years ago. 
and this is one of the reasons why I have this, uh, the silicone wedding ring on right now, is because I had, a, metal, I had my, a gold one, my wedding band, and I honestly didn't realize the person was, you know, anybody was sleeping. I honestly, you know, there's a lot of times people say, well, you, you didn't see so-and-so. I don't really honestly focus and go, well, Doug's over here. I mean, I don't, you know, sit there and do it. But at one time, I just got really passionate, and I, and I just went, boom, like that, and... That person about jumped out of their skin, out of their chair, and everything else. And I felt bad because they were older, so I was like, I don't want to be, uh, you know, needing to call an ambulance or anything like that. So, but anyways, and so if we go on, like I say, you can start that conversation, and then that can lead in. You know, if they say no, that they don't know if they're 100% sure, then you can start sharing the gospel with them. Okay? Um, if, they, if, it's any, if they say yes, but it's kind of a half-hearted, you know, not really... Well, yeah, you know, kind of a kind of response. I say, well, you know what? Do you want to know beyond a shadow of a doubt today? And then you can kind of lead them that way. Unless you absolutely know that that person is, you know, if they're saved, you know it. They say yes, you know, they're whatever, and you know they're going to a Bible-believing church and everything else. If they, if they tell you that, then you can say, you know what? Well, thank you. You have a great day, and I'm glad, you know, to hear that you're saved and that you're, uh, you know, on your way to heaven. But like I say, anything else less you know, than 100% sure that they know where they're going, you know, um, then you would uh, you know, share the gospel with them. And so as you go through that, you can ask them their, you know, the background because most religions, actually all of them except for Christianity, has some sort of work ba- uh, worked, works-based salvation, meaning that they have to work in order to get to heaven. And there's even some Christian churches that have this idea as well. Because the Bible says in order to get saved, you got to do what? Believe. Believe on him. But there's some of that say, well, you got to repent of all of your sins. I don't know about you, but if that's a requirement that, you know, for me to get saved is to repent of all of my sins, then none of us are going to be able to get saved. Because the thing is, is that where are you going to, you still, you still fight the sinful nature, don't you? So the Bible says to believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. So it's simple belief. That's it. All right. Um, yes. Is it good? A good. Is it good to repent? Yes, it is. I'm not saying that it's not, but not for salvation. Salvation is you believing upon Jesus that He can save you. That He, you know, He died, buried, and rose again, and you're only trusting in Him. That's it. Your salvation is everything based upon Him, not you. Because we could sit there and say, I repent of this, and you're going to keep, you know, and if it's something that you're having a really hard time with, you're going to get defeated because why? Because you're going to keep on having that same thing over and over again. You're going, well, I guess I really didn't get saved because I haven't beat this one yet or beat this one. Because, you know, uh, the thing is, is that what does the Bible say? That we are going to struggle between walking in the spirit and walking in the flesh. Okay. Like I said, it's a good idea to, you know, to repent. But when we use that, uh, that term you know, for repentance, um, oftentimes I'm trying to find uh, you know, what it means is just our simple faith that we're putting all of our trust in him. It's, you know, we're, we're, we're turning our mind away from Satan and the way he wants me to live to way, like, the way that God wants me to live, right? That's, that's what you know, belief is. And as you go on in your walk, the Bible is obviously going to begin to talk, to, you know, speak to you about different things in your life. And then that person can say, you know what, I'm going to turn away from swearing, or I'm going to turn away from smoking, or I'm going to turn away from drinking, 
or, you know, like those kind of things, right? And sometimes, you know, um, actually I was talking uh, the other night uh, with a family member, and they said it took them about a good six, eight months to, to stop swearing. And I told them, you know, I said, for me, I said, I don't know why it was different. I said it was about a good 30 days. Sometimes that's the way it works. It depends on how, how in, engrossed you are in that sin about, you know, sometimes about how long it takes. Now, did I mess up after that? I did. But for the most part, after 30 days, yeah, I wasn't swearing anymore. But there was some times where something happened and I, you know, a, a word would come out and I, I realized it right away. And I was like, you know, that's not right. But, it, you know, like I said, it's just something that we go through. But it's one of those things, like I say, that we need to um, realize that when we, when we go. So, like I said, repentance, what it's saying is, is I turn away from the, uh, doing things my way, my own glory, and I'm trusting in Jesus alone and his death, burial, and resurrection. I'm trusting in him to save me. That's what it means. Okay? Because, and I'm not going to uh, spend that much more time on this part, but there's some people that will say, well, repentance always means turning away from sin. It doesn't. Some of you will sit there and go, what do you mean it doesn't mean that? Because if that's the, you know how you can use one word and it has a couple different meanings depending on context? Because if that's the case, then, you know, God himself repented. You would say that God, you know, repented of his sins. Did God ever sin? The Bible says that he repented, you know, like you think back even to uh, Noah he said that, it, uh, that he re- repented making man. What does it mean? He changed his mind about it. He, didn't, he wasn't sinning. He just said, I, you know, I changed my mind. He says, you know, I, don't know if, kind of like, I don't know if this is a good idea or whether or not I made you know, man or not. So it all depends. So you, There's some people who say, well, every time you see the word repent, that's what it means. It doesn't. It, it's all a matter of context. It's all a matter of context. So anyways, that's as far as I'm going to go with the whole repentance, you know, talk and wherever. I, I know that there's a lot of people who say, well, you need that to be saved, but it's just simple trust. People are making it way too, more, uh, way, way too difficult on people. And here's the other thing is, is if a person, you know, prays the prayer with you, it's, it's not for us to sit there and discern whether or not they actually got saved or not. Because you could have one person that it seems a little bit lackadaisical, but then all of a sudden they actually did get saved they truly meant it, but then you have another person that could actually sit there and seem like they're serious and had no intentions. They just wanted to get you out of the door. But our whole thing is, is that obviously we're trying, what we're in charge of is presenting the gospel to the person and trying to see if they want to get saved. Now, and it, you know, maybe it's a good thing for you to also let them know that this prayer, it does nothing unless you mean it. Because the prayer is not some magical words that all of a sudden, that that's no, it's a belief, a trust in the Lord, right? And so when you get to that point, towards the end of the conversation, you say, and you just ask them after you get, you know, to uh, um, you get your last or your second to last verse, you can tell that, you know, you can sit there and tell them and let them know, uh, you know, to say, would you like to pray a prayer with me right now? Would you like to get saved today? Would you like to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if you were to die today, you would go to heaven? If they say no, um, you could, I wouldn't, you know, poke and prod and keep, I'll say, well, come on now, because they're basically going to say, okay, well, I'm just going to do it, you know, so you can get out of here. We want a genuine response, you know, when they do it, all right? 
And so after that, you know, if they do uh, truly get saved, then say, and you know, rejoice with them. Say, you know, the Bible says that, you know, and then go into John one twelve that says that you have become a, a son of God. That it says in First uh, John five, you know, thirteen that you may know that you have eternal life through His Son. That you are saved now, because we talked about this, I think, your last Sunday or Sunday before. You know, and at various times, how many of you know that you can? Um, there's days where you don't feel saved. Do you feel saved every day that you get up? I mean, is everything, you know, every day, you know, uh, roses and daffodils running through a field for you? And say, no, but the thing is, the Bible assures us, God's word assures us that we have salvation, um, you know, through, uh, through him. And if they, they, you know, get to that part and they say, you know, you ask them, would you like to get saved? And, the, and if they say no, take heart because you planted a seed. If they say no, you, you still planted a seed. Like we, uh, like uh, Pastor Ed talked about this last Sunday, and it's you know, here in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse uh, 6 through 8, that says, I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then uh, neither is he that uh, plants anything, neither is he that waters, but God gives the increase. Now he that plants and he that waters are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. Our job is, as he says at the you know, end of uh, Matthew uh, uh, you know, 28 and Mark 16, go ye uh, therefore into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That's what our job is. Uh, you know, it's, it's their moment of them saying, do I want to get saved? And some people will reject it. But who knows? They may say no to you, but then another person may come along later and they say yes. Our job is just to go out there and plant the seed, right? And so if they'd say no, you can, like I said, you can leave. You can say, can I leave you with one quick verse? Just one quick verse. And that'll be like, you know, like I said, First John, uh, you can do like, you know, it might be a, a verse that's on your heart. You can, you know, share with them. Or, you know, I, I always go with, uh, go with 1 John uh, 5.13. That says this. It says, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that uh, ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. That ye may know. It's not a, you, you possibly, you might know, but that you may know. And just leave it at that. And you can expound on it. And just say, you know what? The Bible says that you can know beyond a shadow of a doubt. And who knows? You expounding that one verse, they could say, yes, I do want to get saved. You know, I do want to, I do want to get saved today. So the last few minutes here, did I go really fast? Compared to normal? All right. I was trying to make sure that I'm not. Huh? Oh, yeah. Well, they told me, the funny thing is, is that the doctor said that it may make you jittery, it may make you, you know, just like you're on a whole bunch of coffee. I feel fine. He said, you may have a problem sleeping tonight. And I said, I, you know, right now, I mean, honestly, if I were to lay down, I'd probably go to bed. And so, um, and, you know, medicine always affects people differently anyways, but they gave me like prednisone for my, you know, for it. But, um, 
I was actually going to have, uh, actually, I think I was still going to do this since we still have time, is um, for the next, you know, say 10 minutes, you know, find a partner, and I want you, I want one person sharing the gospel and the other one responding. Now, don't try to be, the, you, know, you know, the one that's going to be like, no matter what, you're going to give them a hard time, all right? But honestly, you know, because this is going to help that person, you know, that's uh, presenting it, be able to share and say, and I don't want you running through the whole thing and going, well, it says right here, 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 here. But I want you actually talking, you know, with them to kind of help them understand, hey, uh, you know, to make sure that you're, you're able to go through the, you know, presentation and everything else. It's going to help you if you have, um, you know, somebody there that is going to, li- you know, listen to you so that way when you go out, it becomes easier for you. And the more you share the gospel, it just becomes easier and easier as you do it. And you'll begin uh, to see some things that people will, uh, will try and throw your, you know, throw your way. But for the next, like I say, uh, 10 minutes or so, find a partner and uh, share the gospel with them. <laughs> Unless you want to go there. Do you, you want to go there with uh, Miss Martha?